You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I mean, I don't feel sorry for director David Ayer, but, you know, I mean, we all saw the original Suicide Squad film in 2016 that originally was going to have a sequel to it by him. According to him, he chose to make a film called Gotham City Sirens that, guess what, didn't happen either. But instead, as we all know, James Gunn, who had made the Guardians of the Galaxy films, because of a tweet, Marvel decided to get ahead of the Me Too stuff and go like, okay, uh, we're, we're going to fire him. Which everybody went, Marvel, I don't think you know how to do this. I don't think you did that right. Considering the guy had already apologized for those tweets years before any of this stuff was a thing. So DC, basically like that guy you thought was your friend after you and your girlfriend have a big breakup, like swoops in. He's like, hey, baby, what's up? See, not with this guy anymore. DC is like, we like pieces of shit. Come over here. Come on. It's fine. <laughs> we don't have standards. Please help us get sub. I think they went on their knees and like, please, we don't know what we're doing yet. And you've done something. It's like, if you haven't guessed yet, we have literally no idea what we're doing. It's like every once in a while we got lucky. I think we're not even sure, really. <laughs> <laughs> we just know that we're not where we want to be. And you seem like you're kind of a Mac daddy. Literally, there's nothing you could have done at this point that would be worse than what we've already got. So why not come on in? They literally said, do you want to do Superman? And he was like, do you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> really? They wanted him to do Superman? Uh, he's like, I did my super movie. I'm good. He's like, one deal, though. I get whatever I want. I get to do whatever I want. No one can come in and edit me. No one can change a thing. It's my film. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever you want. I guarantee you there was a point, like when they're showing rushes of this film, they were like, what have we done? (laughs) Unlike Guardians of the Galaxy, which are indeed made by him, but with every Marvel film, with a very strong hand by Kevin Feige and organizers, which to me has been a good thing, keeps it on track. This is, there's no guiding hand whatsoever. It's just James Gunn. And I was like, imagine more like Slither and less like Guardians of the Galaxy. And I didn't know that's what I wanted, but I guess that's kind of what I wanted with this new uh, Suicide Squad film. Reviewing it with me is right. Hello, everybody. Ben. I'm really partial just to Weasel. And Neil. Hello. In the comics, Weasel's not a anthropomorphized, up-on-two-legs, horrible beastie. Gunn was really obsessed with the idea of Bill the Cat being a supervillain. And so they kind of were like, well, what character could we basically just make Bill the Cat from Bloom County? <laughs> and that's Weasel. Okay, he throws up hairballs. Of course, it's his brother, Sean Gunn. Because he loves making Sean Gunn play the weirdest character in every one of his movies. And it's the beautiful thing. This new one hits the ground running with Task Force X, which is Suicide Squad, with Colonel Rick Flagg and Amanda Waller grabbing a new group of people from jail to come in and do this thing. I mean, it immediately just goes right into it. You start doing just like in the previous film 
place your bets on who's going to be the first to go, because the characters in the film who work for Amanda Waller are literally placing their bets about who's going to be the first to die. And the film is very quick to remind you, even more so than the first one, oh, honey, (laughs) no one is safe in a Suicide Squad, and I mean... Literally, no one is safe here. As the camera goes, well, that was fun with those guys. Now let's go look at the actual Suicide Squad on the other side of the island. (laughs) Welcome to a James Gunn film. Welcome to a Suicide Squad flick. As we get into a largely silly plot about the fictional island of Corto Maltese, where they're sent down there because they've got their own little Area 51 tower that's been there since the Nazis had moved there after World War II, doing scientific experiments on some sort of alien creature that's referred to as Project Starfish. And if you You've read DC Comics for a long time. The movie you heard is an alien creature called Project Starfish. You know exactly what is going to come. The plot is really kind of minor by comparison here. This is more of a comedy action film, and it does both pretty well, assuming it's in your taste. If you like super, super, super gory action, this is going to be for you because it is grotesque at points. It is the raid level grotesque. And if you like really puerile juvenile humor, but that's clever... This is also for you. I guess that's me. It's me too. It's about time you recognize that, Chris. <laughs> oh, I knew. It's largely more successful than it's not. I mean, just from the beginning, as you said, yeah, if you're on the Suicide Squad, you're probably going to die because they do that so much better than the first one. The first one, like, here, let's introduce a character in just the last second and then don't worry, he'll be dead in 30 seconds. And that's how you know they're going to die. And this one, they're like, here's a bunch of characters, a lot played by notable actors. And most of those people don't make it very far. And they die very horribly. Well, let's look real quick at who our actual cast is. And there's a lot. Of course, Margot Robbie is returning as Harley Quinn. Unsurprisingly, she is one of the things that the DC universe, I think, has largely unquestionably gotten just right from her first appearance. Like, oh, yeah, she nailed that. Yeah. She can keep doing that. Idris Elba makes his first appearance as Robert Dubois or Bloodsport. You know, another dead shot, essentially, but with more gadgets. He was going to be dead shot replacing Will Smith, but they said they wanted to maybe get Will Smith back in the future. I'm like, how much money do you have, Warner Brothers? <laughs> Because, no. A lot is the answer. Supposedly, Will Smith just passed on scheduling conflicts. Not that he was completely like, fuck off. But especially, I think, how this one goes, Will Smith may rethink it. Like, no, I'll clear my calendar for you instead of the other way around. Oh, I'm sure if they do another one, which they probably will, that Will Smith will be back. John Cena has his first appearance here as Peacemaker. Another one of those, I'm just a badass killer. I don't have any special abilities. But his whole sort of personality thing is, I do it because I believe that the only way to achieve peace is by lots and lots and lots of violence first. He's a psycho. He's a douchey Captain America, but he was popular enough with Gunn that there is a HBO miniseries spinoff coming shortly about him. Well, in the movie's even tongue-in-cheek where Waller's intro to her team and us of Bloodsport and Peacemaker are word for word, and Bloodsport's like, wait, you said everyone on the team had the unique skills. You just said the same thing about him as you did me. And she just ignores it and goes on. <laughs> so the movie's self-aware of there's a lot of train since birth to kill, expert in everything. Joel Kinnaman returns as Rick Flag, of course. One of my favorite new additions here is King Shark, who, of course, is a CG creature, but Sylvester Stallone was chosen to do the voice of this giant shark man that eats people and played him with the Sylvester Stallone's more rocky just after he got the shit beat out of him voice, you know? <laughs> no, no, deep, deeper, sly, deeper. 
Viola Davis returns as Amanda Waller. Jai Courtney returns as Captain Boomerang. Peter Capaldi appears as The Thinker. The very special award for David Dasmalchian, who I think everything he's in, he's always great. Yeah. But he plays the largely unknown polka dot man. But wow, what a great gimmick for this guy where he hates his mother who was abusive so much. Everything he sees looks like his mother, everyone he sees. And they play that to wonderful effect in this movie. And then Daniela Melchior, who I was not familiar with at all, as Ratcatcher 2, who really is strangely the heart of the film. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If I have a criticism, it's just the simplicity of the plot. Everything else is not simple at all and is really, really well written and performed. But like the actual story is kind of banal, whatever. It's cool who the major main, main villain is at the end. I was able to go, oh, you know what's going to happen? It's going to be this person's going to do that. Then this person's going to do that. Then this person's going to do that because nobody else has the skill set to do anything about that villain. Yeah. That was exactly what happened. (laughs) There are worse things than predicting the end of a film. I still like The Sixth Sense. I figured it out halfway through the movie and got a punch in the jaw from my date for saying it. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. I'm so smart. I figured out he was dead. I did punch you in the jaw, too, when we saw it together, when you called what was going to happen with Harley. So I was like, oh, come on. No, no, no. You got confused. That was old when I leaned over to you halfway through and said, oh, this movie sucks. I might be coming down on the most negative on this movie. I think it works because the cast is that good and that committed. John Cena is going hard to be a broy douchebag, and it's hilarious how committed he is to the absurdity of his character. Elba's even having a lot of fun with this because he doesn't get to play up his comedy chops often enough, or at least not for a full movie. But yeah. it falls into some of the same faults of the first one. Does a better job of it, but like it still does like the poppy song jukebox movie that the first one does, which gun killed in Guardians of the Galaxy. But there are points here I'm like, okay, you at least explain where that music's coming from in the scene in some of these. Most of them are coming from a radio, but what fucking pop station is Corto Maltese got that's all 70s and 80s pop hits? What's going on here? It's a little distracting. It's a James Gunn film with almost an unlimited budget and connection to lots of music they own. What did you think was going to happen? The original cut didn't have all like the pop hits. It was the studio coming in like, we need to make this lighter. We like we need to like put some fun songs in this kind of shit. There are points that without the music, it would have just felt too dark. There's points you're like, God damn, dude, that was brutal. Yeah. There's a scene where the team, sort of the first time they really get to take out a whole group of people, and then the aftermath, they're like, Jesus Christ! The um, police truck that shows up, that one with the song, I was like, that was unnecessary, that one. I didn't feel like that was a dark scene. And overall, that whole scene's pretty goofy with what they're doing. I, I've seen a lot of interviews with James Gunn and his own complaints, not necessarily about like Marvel, but like he's wanting to do something again with some stakes this is a great avenue for that like it definitely feels like kind of like a one-shot story like if they do a second one fine but it's like well let's just throw everything at the wall and then if characters that we are loving throughout this whole uh, movie end up dying well like well it's the last time you're probably going to see them anyway so who gives a shit there are moments like oh shit when someone does get killed off which happens a lot. You do kind of feel it a lot more. And it's kind of a breath of fresh air, which in the most morbid ways would explain that. But it is a breath of fresh air to see a superhero movie where like these people may or may not survive this whole ordeal. Even towards the end, there's a couple of characters like, oh, fuck, no way. But he does at the same time build really good characters. Now, my one little 
tiny complaint is that there are moments where it does feel like that it's a little ham-fisted trying to build their character and like try to have some sympathy for them or empathy or whatever. It still works for the film. But then when something does bad happen, you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, I guess that in the end, all of it does work really well together. We're just going to do a scene that's just one big exposition dump. But it's kind of so self-aware that that's exactly what it's doing, that it kind of plays with time and space a little bit to get it done. Mm -hmm. And it kind of works. I was like, okay, it's not just somebody telling you. They do, in fact, go, okay, well, we're going to see these scenes with the narration. And they're kind of clever backstories. I think all of them. The first one, they build the team give you all the backstory and then a threat happens this one the threat is happening and a team gets built and then the redirect to the another team the threat is already established so like you said this movie starts off on the ground running i like the first one i know it's not perfect but this one really shows how the first one missed so badly each of these movies they have to show you the consequences a character dies in each due to the explosion They have to show you, nope, this shit's legit. That explosion in your neck's gonna work, or that fence is electric. Like, these movies have to prove that. But other than that, he does, I think, very smartly get you invested in the right characters to yank the rug out from under you at the right time. There's three deaths in here. I'm like, oh, no. But it fits. They send them in when they don't expect anyone to come back. And Waller probably has another file of a team in case this one's wiped out before what she wants done is done. And that was really fun to see Viola Davis be like a real villain. She was scary. James Gunn said she scared the shit out of him on set because she would never break character. And he said she's a genuinely terrifying person. The first one I go into, like, I have expectations for Deadshot, Harley and Waller and nothing else. And those three hit it. And her and Harley hit it again. She is legitimately scarier than any Marvel or DC villain that they've put up because she is the iron will of all iron wills. (laughs) And I like that they went more the way they've done in some of the animated series, because the first one's like, hey, it's a necessary evil, but don't fuck with her. And this one's more like, she is the evil. Right. <laughs> you know, she's every single black ops government real life group that makes excuses for itself saying it needs to be done when it doesn't. You've just convinced yourself it needs to be done the way that it is. You don't know half of what I would do. And you're like, oh, Gun in this one went more all out than he ever has on like playing with being a comic book movie too. He's got a lot of stuff that's imitating comic panels. There's a lot of title cards that come up but are done stylized like the into an issue to tease you into the next one type of thing like six months ago or change to the mission. And I love those ones. There's some scenes with Harley, especially where he's doing a push pull camera. So it kind of feels like the panel moving behind them. If you ever see those um, animatic comics that have come out or when they're taking the raid on the science facility, it's done in in a way that both is like kind of supernatural but it's also the way it does it makes it feel like a lot of two-page spreads in a comic panel that i really absolutely love a lot of stuff is like this is the way that character views the world but we're getting to see it as if it was real like there's a incredibly great scene where harley quinn is just killing a whole bunch of people and explosions of flowers and birds are coming out every time she kills someone and i'm like because that's how harley sees the world and it works James Gunn understands the internet and the web and what's funny on the web and what catches fire on the web better than maybe uh, any other director working. And this whole film is just made out of GIF memes. Like, it's just one after another. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'll be using that. Like, I bet if you go on Giphy right now, there's like 15,000 new GIFs added with the hashtag The Suicide Squad. There's one in particular. I was like, what a great shot where King Shark just rips a guy in two with lightning striking behind him right at that moment. You're like, yeah, they made that so 
they could have t-shirts. I'm cynical enough to say that, but at the same time go, but it was in fact really cool. All the gratuitous violence, I think, works. None of this felt like it was showing off, including a scene where two people are showing off how they kill people. Yeah. It all fits in. They literally comment on it and say, that's just showing off. Not if it's cool as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) He's right. There's no more nuanced way to put it than that. This is also one of the first gun films I've seen get deeply political. He, like, used this to take a stance on America being a bunch of shit. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, whoa, James Gunn. Warner Brothers let you do that? He's like, yeah, remember that earlier conversation we had where I told them, sure, I'll do this movie, but you have to let me do anything I want. And it worked really well, because they are villains. They're bad people, and they're murderers. And then they finally like, maybe we shouldn't be that. And it makes sense. Like, they had all of their arcs. Like, it all flows really well together. Even for murderers, they have things they won't do. Yeah. But America will. (laughs) (laughs) So who's the real villain here? Exactly. That's the question. Let's go to final thoughts. Ben, I award you the medal of getting started with final thoughts. This one is leaps and bounds above the first. And I was trying to rewatch it finally again with local Austin group Master Pancake has been doing their mocks of movies on streams. I still couldn't sit through most of that movie with them mocking it because it's still just such a boring film. This movie had nothing it had to even really do to stand out above that, in my opinion. And it does kind of right away. Like the beginning is, you know, light, but the second even Margot Robbie gets on screen, she one brings the connection to the first movie and it feels natural because she's just having so much goddamn fun. And she's talking with Jai Courtney and it's like, Oh yeah, you two were good together. As much as Jai Courtney is not good in most things, there's still weaknesses to this movie. I mean, I joked about already how they said they wanted I just originally to be Deadshot. And it's pretty clear they barely rewrote his character motivation away from Deadshot. Oh yeah, this is exactly how you'd motivate Deadshot to do this shit again. But then they've moved the gears like the next seed to John Cena and that joke just hits again. Like Gunn just knows how to do these little moments that go throughout. Overall though, I think I still come down on the lighter side of liking this to everyone else. I don't think it's this 10 out of 10 that so many critics seem to be giving it. I think it's at very least I like it as much as Birds of Prey, maybe a little bit more. As opposed to Birds of Prey, it actually balances its dozen characters characters better if you like a violent superhero movie or a violent movie based off comic books like if you like deadpool fucking watch this like that's the only thing i could say as a parallel i'm gonna give it eight out of ten smaller bullets (laughs) (laughs) neil i was very excited for this he said he was going back to more of the style of suicide squad of the modern comic which the main author of those books did have a cameo in this movie john ostrander he's the doctor who injects the failsafe into everybody lloyd kaufman's in here and i didn't know it till i looked through the credits as is the actress who played mantis in guardians of the galaxy palm yeah i forget her how to say her last name Margot Robbie loves to play Harley, and that will possibly keep seeing Harley. And we've had now three Harleys, and while they've been different, they've all felt true to the character, because Margot Robbie gives a shit and loves playing this character. And this one, they allude to both of the other movies, but just don't spell it out. This Harley has evolved from those other two Harleys, but there's still pieces of it. I love the fact that my wife was laughing so much through this movie. That was like an extra bonus because this movie was that funny and the violence fit. It got really gratuitous, but when it fits, it fits. I will watch this probably two more times in the next month. I'm going to give it nine and a half out of 10 Miltons. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I had a blast. I've been telling people about this ever since I saw it and it's just really 
fun. There's never a dead air. It's never a slog or anything. It's just very quick. And I don't think it was like that much of a, like a long movie either, even though I did really have to pee by the end of it. But I loved everyone in it. It's so good to see a director really have fun with the material. Again, throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And some people do stick, most of them don't, and they splatter against the wall at the same time. It's really cool that he had the chance to do this and to do something that was obviously more in his wheelhouse, or at least where he came from with like trauma. He really does care about this fine balance between comedy and violence. This seemed like the most like perfect vehicle for him to do that and to show off. And it works really well because there are some times when I do see violence in like more serious movies and it's grotesque. And it's trying to be funny. And I'm like, I'm not laughing at this. This is really fucked up. Here, everything is crazy fucked up, but it works for the tone of the movie so well. And just he knows how to balance that. It's easily accessible to like a general audience where if someone who doesn't necessarily want to watch that kind of stuff, they can ease into this. I love Margot Robbie in it. She just easy into that role. She's great. And Idris Elba and John Cena is hysterical in it too. I'm so glad that he gets to have a miniseries after this because I can watch him all day doing anything really because I'm just a WWE fan, but also him just playing this character. It's a laugh riot. I'm going to give it nine out of 10 big bag of dicks. You have to eat every single one though, right? No problemo. For America. Ben, you nailed it when you said this is Deadpool for DC fans. That's exactly what it is. It's that same type of mix of comedy and extreme brutal violence and self-awareness. It's maybe not as meta as that, but it's meta is kind of in a different way. I'm really glad that it was one of those things where I got to see it in the theater first for a press screening and then come home and go, oh, that's right. It's on HBO. I can watch it again right now. I'm going to. Yeah, I liked it even better the second time. I think the first time I was a little taken aback by how over the top brutally, graphically violent this film really is. I just don't walk into a superhero film expecting that. You know, there are characters in there I really did not want to die. I was like, oh, fuck, man. But seeing it again, I'm like, but it works. It all works. I am going to give it 9 out of 10 really amazing fucking jackets that say live fast, die clown on the back (laughs) that I want. It's a pretty badass jacket. I saw that and I was like, can we pause the movie? I want to just get a better look at that jacket because that's awesome. You know what's going to be on Etsy in the next week or so. 